0: Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Mila Brugic, and today I'm joined with Dr. Damon Durker, where we're going to be talking about eyes on dry eye on the Optometric Insights show. So, Damon, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with us. Uh, You know, I remember meeting you early on in my career, and You've, you've always been an interesting guy to, to really um, communicate with, talk to, collaborate with. Tell us a little bit more first about your, your practice, kind of what your modality is, um, where you see patients, and, and how that all works.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, I would say the same uh, with you and, and our interactions in the past. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast here. So I'm a partner at Eye Surgeons of Indiana in Indianapolis. We have four locations. I see patients at three locations. I'm in clinic four days a week. Pretty busy clinic. I'm seeing about 150 to 170 patients a week over those four days. Uh, intense uh, dry eye clinics, and then a lot of uh, patients that I see have retina issues as well as glaucoma. And then our practice as a whole, we do a lot of refractive cataract surgery. I'm involved in some of the perioperative care for that.
0: That's great. So, so you you're kind of doing. Involved in almost everything in the practice, right, Damon? Correct. And it sounds like an MDOD collaborative practice as well, too. I'm assuming that you get referrals in from um, you know outside sources, other optometry practices, and everything like that, correct? I always
1: get to correct people on that. I really think of it as a OD practice because we're the frontline providers. <laughs> we're in the clinics. That's great. We're keeping our surgeons busy, and the bulk of the, the patients for both the acute and chronic care are going to optometrists in our practice.
0: So, so you have had this like rich, rich history in eye care, specifically in dry eye, and, and you've kind of led the path for this. Um, give me just before we start talking about eyes on dry eye, give me just like one or two of the things that you see in the dry eye world that are really kind of stepping up and advancing the way we care for, for dry eye patients.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question, and I think awareness is a big part of that. We actually did a survey at Eyes on Eye Care that we're going to release at Eyes on Dry Eye in late April, and we, we asked about 800 eye care providers, mostly optometrists, you know, things like, you know, is my bone, and gland evaluation part of a comprehensive eye exam? 85% mm. of people felt like that's part of a comprehensive eye exam, if you can believe that, and thinking mm. back five or 10 years, can you imagine us even Having no. any idea that people would be embracing that like they are now. We also see that 60% of people want to expand dry eye services in their practice. So people see this as a need to help patients to be a profit center for their practice. So I think awareness of how much dry eye is out there, as well as the opportunity to not only help your patients, but to help your practice. So I think that's number one is awareness. Number two is we just have a lot more tools to be able to treat the disease. We understand that this is not, you know, a disease with a lack of tears, it's poor quality tears. And so much emphasis has been on my booming gland dysfunction and in-office treatment, but we have great therapeutic agents, topical steroids, immunomodulators. And I think there's several things in the pipeline that Mm -hmm. I expect to come out in the next couple of years that are gonna change the way we practice. So, you know, having all of these tools and just making sure that you understand how and when to utilize these, So that your patients can have great outcomes.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't you feel in the last, I would say the last five to 10 years, we've become much more targeted with our therapies. You know, I remember a time when we had one FDA approved prescription product for dry eye, and that's kind of like what everybody got. And then we started to become much more targeted based on our utilization of advanced diagnostics and also what we're seeing at the slit lamp and what we're hearing to really like laser focus, our ability to really get to the root cause of what we feel is causing the majority of the signs and our symptoms. I mean, do you kind of feel like we've really evolved into that, that realm?
1: Yeah, I think that the awareness that it's not just one disease, it's multifactorial. There's a lot of reasons people develop dry eye. We have to look carefully at our history, our diagnostic tests, and then really you know, develop personalized treatment plans. And I look at, you know, the different options that I have today. I was in dry eye clinic all day. I probably had 30 different treatments that I prescribed for patients over the course of the day. So that makes it a lot of fun and makes it really interesting and challenging. And I, I really like having the opportunity to have all of those tools at my disposal. And thinking back 10 years ago when I probably wasn't so interested in dry eye, we didn't really do that much like you said. And now I think out of a need in my community and need in our in our profession, I've really embraced this in my practice and then have really loved the, the ability to be able to share this information with others to be able to help them develop these sorts of uh, practices with, you know, in any practice setting.
0: Yeah, I agree. Tim. I, I think it's um whenever clinically, whenever you have a patient that you can manage, that you can provide some type of relief for, whatever you're talking about, it always is kind of encouraging from a clinical perspective. You always kind of get that Pumped up feeling all the way from the minus two that needs lenses to the individual who might have severe keratopathy and you're fitting with a scleral contact lens as a moisture chamber. So, so again, you know, you, you cut the spectrum of everybody there and it's very um, empowering clinically. It's one of the things that I think um, drives most of us. So, having treatments for things kind of engages you more because you know you can help or fix the problem.
1: I mean, think but, about the other diseases that we manage, you know, glaucoma. We're mm-hmm. not going to make a glaucoma patient be better or feel better. We're going to probably yeah. drive them into our dry eye clinic to, to you know <laughs> what treatment they have, right? I know. You know, I have
0: know, patients
1: with AMD, with diabetic retinopathy, we're not going to make those patients better. We're not going to be the cataract surgery. So I think dry eye is in the therapeutic space. And I had a staff member today, We know, we delegate a lot of procedures and education to our staff and the patient. Came back and had a really nice outcome after an office procedure that a staff member did, and they're like, "Wow, I'm so happy that this patient is doing so well." I wanted to share that with you, Dr. Dürker, and
0: that's great. I mean,
1: that, that team approach that we're all in this together and being able to take care of these patients at a very high level—it's quite rewarding for everybody involved.
0: I think that's great, Damon. So it, it doesn't surprise me when we kind of go into this next segment because I wanted to pick your brain and kind of get the insights on this. You know, this past year was, you know, the COVID year was the year that kind of changed everything for everybody. Um, and you really kind of, and you've done this from a clinical perspective as well too, but you, you've redefined the way that education happens. And I want, to sh- I want you to share with the audience for those, of, for those that may not necessarily be aware of this, what you're doing um, with dry eye education and, and, and how you're doing this and how you're making it as engaging as possible on these these uh, web platforms.
1: Yeah, so it's been a, quite the journey. And I look back at probably 2012 when I really got interested in dry eye in my clinic. There really wasn't any programs I could go to that were turnkey to help me understand how to bring in point of care diagnostic testing and how to, you know understand how to use these new technologies for both diagnostic and therapeutic. So I went through a process to teach myself those things and and engage with colleagues like yourself to be able to understand how to bring better care into my practice. But I don't really think that's realistic for our colleagues that are busy doing other things, right? So I felt like I needed to develop some education programs that would help people understand how to do these things that were very interactive, engaging, that were fun. So we came up with this concept of dry eye boot camp in 2019
0: Yes. It's yes. up
1: in military fatigue. Yes. Come yes. like It is. And we've had, you know, all sorts of the top names, both ODs and MDs yeah. on faculty. And then all of a sudden, obviously with the pandemic, the ability to do these things live and in person, all of a sudden stopped. So we had a program scheduled for May of 2020 that I would have loved to have done in Atlanta, but it was like, no way, nothing was happening uh, a year ago. So I got together with uh, my friend and colleague, Ahmad Fahmy, who yeah. had a similar program, uh, you know, interactive. His is a little bit higher level in terms of more geared towards the intermediate to advanced practitioner. Mine is more beginner to intermediate. And we said, hey, let's let's do a virtual program together. And we appeared with a Covalent Events and put on a program last August that had almost 2,000 attendees. And it was very, great. Fun, it was very engaging. We had That's
0: multiple
1: going on. It was probably the closest thing to a live-in-person meeting that you were going to get in the age of the pandemic. That's so great. Now we've you know, kind of doubled down on that, and we've evolved into Eyes on Dry Eye. And our program is going to be April 23rd and 24th. Uh, As of today, we have almost 5,000 registered attendees for that program, which is phenomenal.
0: Unbelievable.
1: And, you know, the the ability to have, uh, you know, interact with the audience, to have polling, to have fun panel sessions, to have both CE and non-CE tracks, to talk about implementation. Really, the platform that we have with Eyes on Dry Eye allows us to do things that you can't just do during a basic Zoom meeting. Mm -hmm. but make it very fun and engaging for the attendee, for the faculty. And I think if you do these things right, and you keep your your treatment uh, patient-centric, I can develop a program with the help of others that is going to help uh, doctors, it's going to help their patients, it's going to help their practices, it's going to help industry. And what I want to do is do things that are engaging where everybody wins. And I think we're able to do that in the dry eye space with the virtual program that we have.
0: So, David, I I have to ask you, and listeners, um, you'll be able to see the website um, under the video here. But I have to ask you: you know, with an online education, you know, how do you keep it engaging? How many hours is can the attendee expect to be on each day? How do you keep it engaging so that somebody can stay on there for the full time with you?
1: Well, I like to have options where we go. So we have three or four different options uh, during the entire program. That's what we did last year, where we have. You know, CE track, non-CE track. We have an exhibit hall. We have an ability to go in and just shoot the breeze with your colleagues. You know, different interactive uh, activities. So I think having multiple choices going on, so that boy, I'm not really interested in this subject. Yeah. I'm going to go over to this other track and have it be continuous, spontaneous, and fun. I think that's the biggest thing. Is you can't just lecture online. I think mm-hmm. you have to have discussion. I think you have to. Mm-hmm put out polls to the audience. I think you have to look at what's going on in the chat mm-hmm. and bring those attendees into the live meeting as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So the bulk of our meeting is, is live. There's a little bit of pre-record on the CE track, but everything that I'm doing on the non-CE side is live and spontaneous. And we're just having fun and having a conversation and giving people real world advice. I don't think you can do that for eight, 10 hours a day. I think, you know, four or five hours a day is about the max mm-hmm. to do that. We give people breaks. There's things going on in the exhibit hall. We have raffles. We have scavenger hunts. So things that can keep people uh, engaged the entire time. It's not uh, the easiest thing to do. And we we keep getting better at it with every program that we do. But I think eyes on eye care and eyes on dry eye, we do it better than anybody else out there.
0: So Damon, are you, um, as we kind of start creeping out of the pandemic here. You guys have done such a nice job online. Are you gonna continue doing it online? Are you gonna go back to live? Or are you maybe gonna offer both of them as options? That's
1: the million dollar question. (laughs) I've told people in 2022, I expect to be doing things that are hybrid. I think that virtual education online can be very effective. I think people want that. People want to have access to the top experts around the world without having to leave their living room. Yep. And I, I think that at the same time, we need live in person to be able to give a handshake or give a hug to a colleague yeah. and, and interact with exhibit hall, et cetera. So I think probably hybrid is the way to go, but I haven't uh, totally decided how that will look at this point. So yeah. We'll back in in fatigues or if we're going to be button up collar um, yeah. on a stage.
0: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, Damon, um, I trust that, that you're going to do it better than anybody else um, with what you've done already and what you're continuing to do and how, how you're reinventing the education space. I, I know that sometimes it's difficult for patients or for practitioners to drive to meetings or get on a plane to get to a meeting and this kind of thing. and That's where they're going to see the experts and you are making those experts successful and we appreciate that. And uh, if, if you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to our channel, um, Dr. Durker, Thank you for being on the Optometric Insights Show. And colleagues, thank you for tuning in to this episode.